Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that can predict the future. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we have a ton to get to this episode, uh, but before we get to our week two takeaways, I just want to ask everyone to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've been talking about maybe going live on YouTube one of these nights. I don't know if it'll be this week or next week, but uh, maybe do some sort of Q&A on there. So uh, be sure you're subscribed and turn on notifications so that YouTube will let you know when we go live. Um, But... Week two takeaways, and the first one, I'm going to start here because it is the biggest news. USC, well, we lost to Stanford, but we can just forget about that. Fired Clay Helton after that blowout loss, and I don't even think it's worth discussing very much, like, did he deserve to be fired, all of that, because of course he did. I I think everyone is in agreement there. Um, But I am very happy. I was surprised that it happened so quickly. Um, as it did, but I think that was good because the situation with the fan base was so toxic. All of the home games would have been a mess this year with boo birds left and right. If, uh, if Clay Helton was still there. So I think it's, it's best to just sort of move on. And a lot of people asking, why didn't it happen earlier? If you're going to fire him, you know, in week two, why didn't you just do it at the end of last year? And I think the easy answer there is probably money. Um, as it is now, I've heard that the buyout is, is, close to 15 million which is a lot as it is but you can only imagine last year it was probably 20 plus or something like that and in the midst of a pandemic just probably wasn't feasible so uh here we are let's talk about the candidates so ryan and i did a youtube episode going through some of these candidates so you can you can check that out when you subscribe to us on youtube uh youtube.com slash college football bros i think that'll get you there i don't know (laughs) but (laughs) Just search college football Try bros it. on YouTube. You'll find us. Uh, but okay, so here's the dream candidates that I. Some of these are like a hundred, almost a hundred percent gonna say no. Some of them likely to say no, but who knows? So Urban Meyer, James Franklin, Bob Stoops, Mario Cristobal, Chris Peterson. Obviously, I would be thrilled with any one of those. I would bet against any of them being the coach. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you think like let's talk about James Franklin and Mario Cristobal? What, what do you think about those guys? Cristobal, I mean, that's my personal favorite as far as if I was a USC fan, who would I would want the most? I, I, I just think what he's done at Oregon has been so good. Um, you know, he's just kind of elevated himself over USC. Um, so if he can do that at Oregon, you give him the opportunity at USC where you can even get even better recruits there. So he's done great. I think he would do even awesome, more awesome at uh, USC. Yeah, I'm not saying Cristobal wouldn't be good, but I feel like, in my opinion, that James Franklin might be do a little bit better job at engaging the fan base and getting the alumni. Like you remember those Pete Carroll days when it was just like a Laker game on the sideline. They had all the celebrities, all the other pro athletes would go there. I feel like James Franklin could engage uh, with that side of the, you know, because being a head coach, it's more than just the X's and O's. It's getting that rallying the troops, obviously recruiting. We know Franklin could do that. Um, really any of those guys probably could do that. But uh, I just feel like he would be engaging in, in being able to bring former players and get that celebrity status back to SC. Mojo back. Yeah. As as far as odds, I don't see Cristobal leaving Oregon for yeah, SC I at agree. this point. Yeah. 
Um, with Franklin, I also don't see that he's he's from Pennsylvania, right, right around there. And uh, you know, the 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 reason he would is that you can recruit better at USC. I mean, we we talked about it in the YouTube episode, but Clay Helton's best classes are way better than Penn State's best classes, and it's not because. Clay Helton can recruit better. That's it's just the access to talent, and you don't have to deal with Ohio State and Michigan in the same division. But, right. But still, I I think it's a, a long shot that he will make that move. So let's get to some yep. guys who have higher probability of saying yes. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Um, there is the connection. Mike Bone, USC's athletic director, hired him at Cincinnati. So there's at least that relationship there, and he's great recruiter, done a great job there. Biggest question is, does he want to leave the Midwest? I don't know. And that's the same question with Matt Campbell. We don't need to give you these guys' resumes. You, if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, you, you know. know. Um, I I would also bet against both of those guys, you know, wanting to head out west. Yeah, just where they just. I don't feel like they have the connection out west, you know. So I'm kind of with you. Like they, you know, Campbell obviously has been offered some good spots before. USC might be the best, but going out to all the way to the West Coast, I'm not sure if it's in there their their personal interests okay um but i will say if i had to bet on one guy i would say luke fickle if i had to predict someone to be the next head coach but everyone's a huge underdog so i'm just having yeah. to pick someone who i i think is an underdog to actually be the next coach my gut is we have to settle for someone we haven't named yet that's not necessarily a home run candidate um but you know maybe a tony elliott offensive coordinator of clemson pj fleck uh, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, something like that, or or just some someone that comes out of left field. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if they're just gonna if you're gonna hit one of those uh, grand slam hires, but hopefully, well, hopefully, I hope the, I'm wrong. Well, and the 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 good thing about doing it this early is they don't have to decide this tomorrow. They're gonna have a whole regular season to kind of play out, see how other candidates do see how other teams fall out. Like, you know, maybe for instance, like as an example, James Franklin, like if Penn state kind of has an average year below average year, he might be more reasonable candidate or, or not because he didn't do as well. So having it be this early, well, can only help them in my opinion, because they'll have a, some extra time to, to gauge. Mm-hmm. The other factor is this is maybe a little bit premature here, but LSU might also become open <laughs> this if, yeah. if uh, coach O doesn't get it turned around. So, lot of factors but i guess we've talked long enough about usc i'm sorry i had to kind of hijack the podcast there it's all right (laughs) my next takeaway or my first takeaway uh is iowa for real uh so dating back to last year they have won eight games in a row only one of those games was decided by less than 10 points so they've been just easily beating folks and that one game was actually against nebraska surprisingly um but to start this year you know they've dominated two ranked opponents indiana and iowa state just completely controlled those games um and their next couple games are against a couple easy foes colorado state and kent state so likely going to stretch that eight game winning streak to 10 um and with ohio state not quite looking as dominant you know they look beatable um i think Iowa's got a real shot here to maybe win the conference they're top five right now there's no reason why they can't they're top five in the rankings. That is true. That's what I'm going <laughs> uh, by. I no, mean, I know. I know. Top five team legitimately, but hey, I don't know, man. They've been dominant. Their defense is re- like they haven't given up what over 25 points in like yeah. an eternity. Yeah. It's it's in a really long time. Yeah, they're uh, they're playing the offense. I don't think we've done the opposite for a really long. The time. The offense leaves some to be desired, no doubt about it. And no we'll doubt. See if that 
when that becomes They've been factor, conservative but, probably too, more so than they, I mean, they've jumped out to pretty early, easy leads um, in Indiana. They definitely did. Iowa State was a little battle, but they didn't need to open it up. No. Yep. Uh, my takeaway is talking about some quarterback injuries. Uh, you've, you've got them kind of all over college football. Uh, Haynes King of Texas A&M, he has a crack in his leg out indefinitely. Because the Aggies offense has a lot of work to do. And I'm not saying that King was was lighting it up, but Jimbo chose him to be the guy. Uh, he had a couple games under his belt at that point. So Calzada came in. He had moments, including the, the late touchdown pass to Spiller, to beat Colorado. But they only had three points up until the very end of the game. He fumbled near the goal line. Like, he could be fine, but that that's yeah, they put up definitely something to watch. Um <laughs> And then maybe the biggest injury was Boston College's uh, Phil Dracovic. He's out for the year with a hand injury because Halfley had Boston College poised to have a big year two. And what they still could, but it's going to be much harder without a clear QB1 there. Uh, a couple more to touch on are Skylar Thompson of Kansas State. He's going to be out for some time. It's a real shame because they started 2-0, and throttled Stanford a couple weeks They're ago. They're so much better it's with very him. Sim- Exactly. It's very similar to last year. He started out great. They upset Oklahoma. Then he got injured and they sputtered after that. You know, maybe Will Howard's improved, but it's a big drop off. And then finally, the one to watch is JT Daniels for Georgia. It's week to week right now with the oblique. Stetson Bennett stepped in and did he more was than pretty perfect. A, <laughs> admirable job against UAB. Incredible. But if this is like a lingering issue for Daniels, Georgia fans don't want to have to worry about that. Yeah, it's true. All right. All right. My next takeaway is uh, that Ohio State has some issues on defense. They lost no. at home 35 to 28 against Oregon. And that was the question we asked in our preview series, whether Ohio State's defense was going to prevent them from winning a national title this year. And so far, at least, it looks like that could be the case. Oregon put up 505 yards on close to seven yards per play. CJ Ver- Verdell had a-, a big day on the ground. So Kerry Combs, the, the defensive defensive coordinator is on a major hot seat right now oh, yeah. ohio state fans are not happy with him um obviously i'm not writing off ohio state i would still of course make them the favorite to win the big 10 but as far as uh playoff aspirations there's basically zero margin for error now yeah i can't lose again yep um all right uh my second uh, takeaway here is arkansas arkansas statement win that they had against texas 40 to 21 Really impressive win for them. Dominated up front, uh, which, of course, you love to see. It's fun to have your team be good up front. Um, but they just, I was impressed with the way they played to their strengths. They ran the ball, occasional passes from KJ Jefferson, really played to his strengths, ran him, ran him. And he's a tough runner. He's tough to bring down. Um, but good balanced rushing attack. They rushed for 333 yards uh, in the game, but not one single player rushed for over 75 yards. So it was a very balanced, balanced group effort there. So they got a lot of options and. Hey, I mean, they got Georgia Southern this next week. And then after that, Texas A&M comes to town. So huge would be a huge kind of game there. So I'm impressed with Arkansas so far. They look good. Well, I wasn't impressed Uh, with the first game, but against Rice, but I was impressed last week. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I got to talk about Michigan. Uh, They got a big 31 to 10 win against UW Washington. But I will say I'm still a little bit on the fence uh, about Michigan. They, They certainly look better than they did last year. The defense seems engaged. The The offense, though, is still a question. Harbaugh is just doubling down on the run game, and it, it has looked great. 
Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins, they they had over they teamed to get teamed up for over 300 yards against a very good Washington defense, but the passing game with McNamara, it needs to improve, especially for when obviously when they get in a game when they need to throw. He was only 7 of 15 for 44 yards, so maybe he'll gain some confidence against Northern Illinois this week uh, as they jump into Big 10 play. And then on the other side, the Huskies offense. Yikes. It's it's too bad cuz one of the most talented rosters in the Pac-12, and that offense is really hindering them. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's you hate to to have a head coach that. I mean, hope I'm sure he'll make a change if if it. I mean, he'll have to make a change to John Donovan yeah. if it continues at this rate. But are they going to switch quarterbacks too? Like you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The freshman is shot. I mean, Maybe. they had a fourth and four or five play that they just tried to run up the gut, and they weren't even. I mean, it was it was yikes. Well, speaking of yikes, uh, let's talk about Florida State because oh. Mike Norvell just lost all of the goodwill that he earned from that kind of moral victory against Notre Dame in week one. Uh, they lost at home to Jacksonville State. The offense was terrible. So Mackenzie Milton, as fun as that was against Notre Dame, appears he is is not the savior. And the way this game ended was insane. So Jacksonville State was, of course, down three. Six seconds left. They had a fourth down from their own 41. And Zarek Cooper threw a perfect pass to a receiver in stride. But he was at the 20-yard line when he caught it. So he still had 20 yards to go. And at that point, zero seconds left uh, shortly after he caught it. So you're still looking good. But two Florida State players just made terrible efforts. Botched it. Botched it, exactly. And uh, they scored a touchdown. So... Uh, Norvell. It looked now, like a normal play. It, was, it did. It wasn't like a Hail Mary. It, I understand that they couldn't go full prevent because there was still enough time to that they could have, and they had a timeout. So Jacksonville State could have gotten to field goal range, you know, and, and then called a timeout. But yeah, it would have been very I mean, they would have difficult. gone like 30 yards, then called timeout. Yeah, that, that, it would have been yeah. tough. But yeah, anyway. But you just can't let a guy behind you. Come on. Come on. Well, and there were two guys there. I mean, they just yeah, they I mean, made like, really bad. Yeah, true. Make the tackle. It, plays. It was I don't know. Either way. Yes, exactly. Um, so going forward, Norvell now, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a bad year. And that's just going to be tough. He's having to keep selling hope. So he's going to have to try to keep this 2022 class, which is looking great. Gonna try to keep that together and keep the fans, you know, from Dude. turning negative. It's going to be tough. It's crazy how bad it turned for the last two guys, you know, like. I know. Wow. Yeah, and it's kind of a vicious cycle now. Like, it's how do you I get mean, out of this rut? It's tough. I know. I know. This is tough. Um, all right. Uh, moving on to mine. I got uh, Kentucky. Uh, are they a, are they a legit threat in the East? And I believe they are. Um, so in the East, we kind of knew Georgia and Florida, of course, uh, two two front runners. Um, but we didn't really know about that third spot. It was kind of a battle between uh, Kentucky and Missouri. Um, it's close between those two schools, even now, even after Kentucky did beat Missouri, but it was a close game in, in, in Lexington. But now that Kentucky's won, they got the edge. Um, so they, they have a chance. Um, they play Chattanooga and South Carolina coming up in the next couple of weeks. So games, I think they'll win. Um, and then Florida comes to them. So that would make, you know, I think that would be a huge game. And I think based off of the way Florida's looked, they have a very, you know, strong chance to have a good game. So, and then Florida plays Bama this week. So, you know, Florida's probably coming in with a loss already. So I don't know. I think Kentucky's on the verge of maybe making a run if they beat Florida in that game. And, uh, you know, it could set up a huge matchup with them like a week late, week or two later at Georgia that would like decide the East. I know I'm jumping to conclusions here a bit, but <laughs> it's not that far-fetched. It's really not. And so much for this uh, they, Kentucky passing offense going to throw it all over the yard. They really no. just, uh, 
stuck to the ground. Chris Rodriguez, man, Missouri. he is. I mean, their their offensive line has been good, run blocking, and Chris Rodriguez is a beast. Like, you know, why yeah, they're why they're improved. All right, uh, I'm going to touch on Notre Dame. the The luck of the Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, that saying certainly applies so far this season. They're they're two and zero, but we all know they could easily be zero and two. We saw how fortunate they were to to survive overtime against Florida State, which you know, like you just touched on, Michael, that win is a bit diminished now. And and then this week in the home opener against Toledo, they had to pull out a win in the final seconds. Uh, you know, credit to to Cohen who had a clutch drive at the end to in the last seconds to to get it done. But you know, no one actually really saw it because it was only streaming on Peacock. But uh, <laughs> but the one thing I wanted to talk about this game was it, it's very hard to do. I get, but Toledo's quarterback he scored on a twenty six yard touchdown with just over a minute to yeah, go. Go down. They were down two, so I get it's very difficult. And, you know, you're 26 yards out, so you're not really talking about it. But he could have taken a knee down at, like, the one and essentially run the clock out to set up either, like, a kind of final QB sneak or field goal. But uh, anyways, they they Notre Dame pulled it out, of course. The defense, though, it's been a little shaky. And we're going to learn a lot about them upcoming because after Purdue this week, four of the next five are against ranked teams. So I, I'm still I'm still on the fence on, on the Irish. They're very lucky to be 2-0. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, move on. I guess we've covered. Actually, you know what? I want to talk uh, just for ten more minutes about USC real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is, that's is there any more? That's it. I feel like I could maybe list another like ten or fifteen candidates. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We will. Well, we uh, got to get on to Nebraska, Oklahoma, and talk about that for twenty minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Thank you yeah. for that cue, Ryan. All right. Let's mm-hmm. move on to next week. And oh, whoa! I just got to chill. Did, did you guys feel that? I've got like goosebumps. I think I think I'm feeling the spirits. I think it's it's time we have a visit from the clairvoyant. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Botched it. <laughs> Dude, I didn't see that one coming, but I no, bet the wow. clairvoyant no. brothers did. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> mm, I'm sensing a massive. Massive, it's this little David and Goliath feel here I'm getting. I feel like there's a massive upset brewing this week. Three-plus touchdown underdog. It's going to win outright this week. I'm not sure which one. I'm not, <laughs> not that, that clear. It's a little hazy. It's a little wow. too hazy for me. But there's a lot of potential. I'm going a three-touchdown underdog. It's going to win. Interesting. Interesting. I'm praying it's Nebraska. <laughs> well, I hope the spirits I don't, yeah. <laughs> reveal that to you. <laughs> I hope so. I'm I'm also having a vision. I'm seeing Gene Chizik, which is odd. He's not even a coach anymore. Uh, this is I don't know why I'm seeing his face. Wait a wait a second. It's changing. It's morphing. Eddie O. It's Coach O. Oh my God! I you're having the too. same vision. Oh my God! Wow. Coach O is gonna suffer the same fate as Gene Chizik. He'll be fired. At the end of the season, two years after winning a national title, and I'm seeing Billy wow. Napier as LSU's head coach. Oh, I didn't see that. Wow. Oh, you guys, I'm seeing nuts. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. I'm seeing nuts. That's a lot of nuts. They're they're from Ohio. In fact, I'm seeing Buckeyes. People keep saying the defense is horrendous and can't stop anything, but all I'm seeing is another trophy 
it's Big Ten champions, and they make the playoff once again. What a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Getting tired, Ryan? I'm super tired. Something just got on me. Mm, man. I think this is just a foreshadowing of how I'm going to feel on Saturday night. Uh, <laughs> San Jose State and Hawaii kick off at 1230 Eastern time. A.M. Oh, my goodness. A.M. I don't know how we're going to stay awake for that. It's going to finish at 4 a.m. Eastern time. Mm. I know who somebody won't be staying up for that one. Is that you? It's a it's a it's a it's a Patreon. Rutgers Todd. Oh, <laughs> early bird. <laughs> I, I'm seeing. I'm having a vision right now. I'm seeing an odd screen for October 30th. I, I'm I'm seeing a lot of spreads. I see. There's, I see Wisconsin at Iowa very clearly, and it's. It's actually that I must not. I'm seeing it incorrectly because I think that game's at Wisconsin. So at Wisconsin, yes. <laughs> wow, wow. Matt, Your vision is blurred. The, sometimes the visions are blurry, but they they come to you as you're saying it. Uh, <laughs> I'm also seeing the number. Wait, seventeen and a half. That's that's too big of a spread. I must I must be having another false vision. Function. Wow. Oh my god. Oh wait, is it, wait, wait. That's the total. It's the over. Oh. It all makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what you think the spread will be? The over-under? I don't think it. I see it, Ryan. I know it. It's going to be a 17 and a half (laughs) over-under. That's going to set a record. (laughs) It's pretty low. (laughs) I'm seeing seeing people typing. I'm seeing YouTube commenters. They're very mad. And actually, they're kind of sad. I think they might even golden domers they're saying they're saying i hate the college football bros for being right oh the bros said they'd only win eight or nine i thought they were idiots well they kind of still are but but not this time (laughs) wow wow what a vision (laughs) that's a great vision realistic wow guys that was uh <clears throat> that was something else. Yeah, I was excited. Then I was took, tired. I was, oh, took a lot out man. of me. Well, that was good. I'm I'm very happy the Clairvoyant Bros uh, paid us a visit like that. I still don't know. Always, if this, always good. Been a while. I'm not sure if if we're the Clairvoyant Bros or if they're guests that we bring in. But either way, I love them. Great they're, people. They're special. Moving on. All right. To now, week three. Yeah. Good old mm. week three. And we got a we got a good one to talk about. We've talked about it in the off season a little bit. Cincinnati is a four point favorite at Indiana. Ryan, where are you seeing this game? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, oof, Indiana needs to rebound. Um, of course, of their their Iowa debacle. Uh, Cincinnati though, it kind of feel like they match up pretty well here with Indiana. Uh, they have a great defense led by a great secondary. You got Kobe Bryant, Ahmad Gardner, Arquan Bush, Javon Hicks. Those four guys. That's a heck of a secondary. So I think they're going to give Michael Penix uh, another rough week. Um, so I just, you know, Penix has got to improve a, a vast majority. I like Cincinnati's run game. Jerome Ford's been great. Uh, so I like Cincy here. I think they're going to control the game, not let Cincinnati, let not let Indiana kind of get loose. And uh, I, I do. I just, I just trust Cincy a little bit more right now. I agree. I'm, I'm laying the points. Um, you can excuse Michael Penix's performance against Iowa. You know, a great defense, right. but. 
against Idaho last week, 4.3 yards per attempt. Now, I know they're probably playing vanilla, keeping things close to the vest, not really taking a lot of deep shots, but that's that's not good. So that is uh, concerning. And against a great Cincinnati defense, like you say, I'm, I'm not confident. I I totally agree with you guys, but this this number seems too small. I feel like everyone is going to take Cincinnati. I mean, I'm probably overthinking this, and I'm going to kick myself <laughs> because it does seem just like the Iowa game deja vu, but I'm going to take the points with Indiana. Cincinnati last week, they were tied 7-7 with Murray State going into the second half. They pulled away. There's five turnovers and whatnot, but... Uh, and I know Indiana looked terrible, but I say they can at least redeem themselves in Bloomington. I'm going to buy low on Indiana and get the cover. It is a buy low. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Moving on to our next game. We got Purdue is going to South Bend to play Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is favored seven. Michael, what do you think here? Well, as the clairvoyant bro said, we were, you know, somewhat low on Notre Dame coming into the year. Yeah. And they are 2-0, and so... I know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> rats. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like so far we've been right. They haven't been very good, but they've got the record 2 and 0. So, uh yeah. maybe maybe yeah. an over on their win total is is possible here, but um yeah, they haven't they haven't been playing great. The the running game has been way down because of that rebuilt offensive line. They've even had a couple injuries there now. So Kyron Williams numbers are are nowhere near what they were last year. And I just like Purdue. I like Jack Plummer at quarterback. I think he's solid. He's got uh, he's got David, David Bell. Bell, one of the best receivers in the country. I think it'll be a competitive game. I'll take seven points. Yeah, I, I, I'm not the highest on Notre Dame, but I am going to take them in this game. Uh, we know Purdue can move the ball very well, uh, but it's mainly through the air, and and especially now their leading rusher Horvath is out, and I, I just think the matchup maybe favors the Irish uh, since their pass D has held up reasonably well so far, been more a little bit more vulnerable in the run game. And Purdue hasn't faced a, a team like the Irish yet since they played UConn and Oregon State. I, I think Notre Dame got a wake-up call last week, and I could see them re, re, uh, you know, rebounding here in this one at, for the cover. Okay. Uh, I, could see, I could see that. I see your reasoning there. Um, I'm going to go the other way, though. I'm going to take Purdue. Uh, I, just, I do not trust Notre Dame's defense. I know they haven't been necessarily great. Uh, they haven't been necessarily too bad versus the pass. Kyle Hamilton, of course, safety's a stud. So you kind of got to watch out when you're throwing against him. But Notre Dame's just played two teams already, and this they have not looked good. I mean, offensively, they've had some good moments, but Florida State is not a good team and had to go to overtime and beat them. Got lucky to beat Toledo, a MAC team. Uh, so I'm not confident they're just going to go out and beat um, a Purdue team that's capable um, by more than a touchdown. So give me uh, the Boilermakers plus the points. I'll be interested to see if uh, they bring in, I would assume they do, bring in the young quarterback again, Buckner, for Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, they... Yeah, that was he, a wrinkle last week. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get to see much of it, of course, because it was on Peacock. But yeah, it was on Peacock. <laughs> you know. Freaking Peacock, man. <laughs> oh, man. We're seeing nuts. We're seeing Peacock. It's just wow. all over the place. Uh, next game, we have Alabama, minus 14 and a half at Florida. What do you think, Trey? I'm going shock, taking Alabama. I, I just haven't loved what I've seen out of Emory Jones so far. Even though Anthony Richard, Richardson has looked electric, he's a freshman, obviously hasn't faced anything close to Alabama. And going into this year, we weren't really certain who might step up besides Mechie on the outside on the perimeter for Bama. Well, the Ohio State transfer Jamison Williams seems to have really elevated. Uh, there's just too many consistent weapons I see for the Gator defense to slow down, in my opinion. 
And it'll be a good gauge, though, for that Todd Grantham's defense. See if it really has improved from a year ago. I know the atmosphere at the Swamp. It's going to be great, be rocking. But after seeing what Bama did to Miami, I just I can't help but take the tide. I agree. Um, you know, in the offseason, I was kind of looking at this game. I penciled it in as, I mean, I knew Bama would be favored. But I, I pen- penciled in as that I think Florida was going to upset them. Um, I'm changing my mind. I don't think that. I Florida has not looked as good as I thought they would. I thought their defense would be improved, which it has kind of looked improved. But I still thought the offense, even though it was going to take a step back, I didn't think it was going to take this far of a step back. I thought, you know, with the with either Emory Jones that he's had several years in the program, I thought he was going to be they were, they were going to look better. So Alabama's just if you don't have a, a really good offense, you just can't beat them because you just can't keep up. Bryce Young has looked like a stud. Um, they haven't skipped a beat, even though they lost people. So, yeah, I'm going to take Bama. I just don't see how Florida can keep up. Yeah, it's Emory Jones passing has been disappointing so far, and you can't throw interceptions like he has been against Alabama, or else you're in you're in big you gotta trouble. You got to be in the plus in the turnover to win. Yeah, probably. Um, I I hope Anthony Richardson his he had a the hamstring injury on that big run last year. Yeah, or not last year, last game. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been really hanging around with him. What a run! <laughs> yeah, it was a long run, but. Uh, no, hopefully he's healthy. I, I think he's. It sounds like he should be good to go. But um, that because he, I mean, he's a freak. Like he is. Yeah, I mean, he's only played like thirty-five snaps or something like that at quarterback. Yeah, but they've the been thing. electric snaps. So yeah, yeah he I is. would like to see more of that. But I'm. I agree with your guys' points. So I'm. I'm laying the points with Bama. All right. So now to a really cool non-conference game. Glad that these schools schools scheduled this. You got Auburn at Penn State. The Nittany Lions are favored six. Michael, where are you heading this one? Well, game day is headed there, and it's going to be a whiteout. So that should be an incredible atmosphere. And just, I don't know, in thinking about this game, we still don't know much about Auburn under Brian Harson because they've played Akron and Alabama State. So I'm kind of just sticking with my preseason expectation that they're you know, kind of a borderline top 25 team. Um, and, and with, you know, for Bo Nix, it's for a couple near years now, I've been saying I need to see it before I believe it. And we haven't seen it yet. Um, so I expect him to struggle against a really good Penn State defense. It's not like Sean Clifford on the other side is great, but he's been better in his career. And I think he has a little bit better supporting cast. I kind of think Auburn or Penn State is just like a better version of Auburn with a little bit less uh, turnover on the coaching staff. So I feel comfortable at home laying the points. Well, yeah, I feel the exact same way. Um, you know, first test here for for Brian Harson. I'm interested to see how it goes. And you know, Bo Nix, he has looked very sharp in those first two games. I know it's bad teams, but he has looked very, very sharp. Especially the so first you gotta game. Give him credit. Yeah, got to give him credit for that. Um, maybe he is improved. Maybe he under a new coaching staff and a new system. Maybe he is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that definitely that possibility. Certainly had a high recruiting ranking coming out of out of high school. Um, but I, I agree. I think that he's there overall. I just don't know if the supporting cast is going to be all that great. Um, so I think Penn state is really going to shut him down. Um, and I, I, you know, like Michael said, I repeat it like Penn state, while the, I don't think they're going to do put up a huge ton of points. They got, they do have some people. They got Jahan Dotson to throw to who come come and make some plays. He made a couple of really nice plays against Wisconsin. So, um, I think there's got a little bit more. Oomph, so I, I'll want to also go with Penn state. Yeah. It seems like most of the metrics that I looked at would actually take, Auburn and the points but I I just I'm with you guys I need to see Bo Nix 
do it on the road against a good team first. Penn State's got a very good defense. I think that, and Auburn does too. I think they'll be able to slow down Penn State as well. But I just think there's a little bit too much um, going for Penn State at home with the wideout. I got to go with the Nittany Lions. Yep. Uh, all right. We have uh, the next game. Oklahoma State is going to Boise. That's going to be cool on the blue turf. Uh, Boise is favor, was it three and a half? Is that what we had, guys? Is that four. what we settled on? Four. Okay, four. Trey, what do you like? Yeah, and first of all, good for Oklahoma State taking this series and, and going to Boise. I, I like it. Uh, but I, I for the Cowboys themselves, I don't really like what I've seen so far in the first couple games. Mike Gundy kind of called out his offensive staff saying, we have to get better at designing plays. They, they've got narrow victories over Missouri State and Tulsa. And I know Spencer Sanders, he came back last week, and maybe it was rust or whatever, but he wasn't all that great. They only had seven points going into the fourth quarter at home. And we just, we've seen this for a few years. Like, we keep waiting for him to to break out and be consistent, but he hasn't, and usually he has a, a costly turnover in a big game. And and I think Boise's going to be all in on this one. Blue turf, they gave UCF all they could handle. I was impressed how they came back home and just took it to UTEP, easily covered. I'm taking Boise here. And I'm actually going to make them my lock of the week. All right. Okay. This, uh, I'm not as confident as you. This is one of my least confident games of, of the week just because, um, I don't know, there's, I could go either way. Boise State's performance against UCF was not good, in my opinion. They were extremely lucky to be in that game. So uh, I think the score was misleading there. But then Oklahoma State, like you said, their offense has been bad. So it's, it's hard to trust them either. I was surprised to see the total at 57 and a half. I would have guessed that it would be lower than that with as good as Oklahoma State's defense is. Um, But I don't know. I'm just, I'm waffling here. Uh, Clearly. Can I take the under? Can I just take the under? (laughs) I thought it was a tough slate. Taking the under, to be honest. Why not? I don't have to make a pick. Just the under, huh? Who cares? I'm just taking the under. It's like the wow. first time in three years. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we, why do we put ourselves in a box like this? Why can't we just take the total? Wow, Mike, you're really going outside the box there. Yeah. Who um, cares? Nobody cares about these picks. Nobody cares. Oh, no. They just want to see they just want to see us make fun of each other. True. Yeah. Well, you are ugly. Thank you. Uh, Brian, are you taking the over or the under? Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> push. I do like the under. <laughs> push. <laughs> push. Fifty seven yeah. and a half. Mm. Um no, I'm going with a prop bet here. Some some <laughs> sort of weird prop bet. Oh wow. Khalil Shakir is going to get over 85 yards receiving. Ooh, that's a, probably a good line you set there. I know, right? Probably <laughs> none of that. Yeah, I didn't really look that up, but I, yeah, uh, no, for real. I'm taking Boise. Um, you know, I, 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 not impressed with Okie State's offense. Of course, they do have a really good D, but I think I, the guy I did mention, I think the difference maker is Khalil Shakir. Um, he's a guy that you can he's throw the cool. ball to, and he'll just find a way to make a catch. Um, I'm not sure Oklahoma State has that. So, when in doubt, Hank Bachmar can get it to him. Um, and he's an impressive player, so I think he'll his ability will kind of push them over the edge. All right, next game: Arizona State minus three and a half at BYU. Back to you, Ryan. What do you think? Don't take a total uh, like a weirdo schmuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I like the Sun Devils. Um, I could see a little bit of a letdown from BYU after their you know big emotional win versus Utah. Really, probably put a lot into that. And, I mean, I like this ASU team. They got a tough defense. Um, they got a strong running game with two quality running backs. Jaden Daniels, of course, at the QB positions, a pretty good runner as well. And he's smart with the ball, rarely turns the ball over. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of what, you know, BYU is going to need 
to, to beat them. I think they're going to need some mistakes from ASU. Um, and I just don't think they're going to get them. I think ASU solid. I like their, their, their group this year. Um, future might look a little interesting with the off the field stuff, but right now this is a good team. Sanctions never come to anybody. It's just going to blow Except over. Except USC. Except, well, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I I took BYU last week, and I'm going to roll with them again this week. Like, like you said, Ryan, I, I do worry they, they did probably put a lot of chips into that Holy War game. But, but on the other side, they have some confidence now. Uh, Arizona State and Utah kind of seem pretty similar in, in my eyes uh, and look pretty similar in the most metrics. And I think getting the Nakua brothers back at receiver last week helped the the BYU offense. And I think Jaron Hall's legs will make a play against a good Sun Devil defense to keep it close or, or pull the win out. Buddy? His legs are just going to go rogue. George's legs are just going to do it. No, I think there's gonna, he's going to make a big play with his legs late in the <laughs> game. I don't think he got to, it. <laughs> I don't know. I, you saying just his legs were going to do it. Like, it was a normal thing. Yeah, to say. Ryan like and I are just being sticklers. <laughs> wow. wow, it was a totally normal. Just thing a pair of legs no. running down. He's going to no play. Bike. He's going to play with no arms the entire wow. game. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a player who, <laughs> like, who does that. Uh, but okay. plays with no arms. Yeah, but I couldn't think of one. A kicker, I guess. Uh, Generally. Oh, oh! Literally in a game that doesn't play. <laughs> so I, uh, I made I went against BYU last week and I made it my lock. So did you, Ryan? We both look like idiots. Total. Yeah, we did. Idiots. Well, Utah, man, they really just they didn't play their game. They really just kind of turnovers and bad plays early on. They put themselves in a hole. It was bad, uncharacteristic. But uh, but I agree with Trey in this one because I do. I kind of see ASU and Utah pretty equal, and and BYU just beat Utah. So. There's the the old uh, what do you call that property? The transitive transitive property, property sort of there. Uh, so I think this will be a close game. I'll take the points. Uh, moving on, which of these uh, road underdogs got a bunch of big road underdogs? Who has the best chance of being within one score in the fourth quarter? So is it Georgia Tech at Clemson, South Carolina at Georgia, Nebraska at OU? Kent State at Iowa or Tulsa at Ohio State? I'm going to say, as much as I want to say Nebraska, I'm going to say Kent State. Uh, Iowa is clearly superior. Their defense should dominate, but this is more of a situation play for me. They played a conference road game at Indiana and then against their their rival Iowa State in a huge college game day atmosphere. Now they have to play lowly Kent State. We've talked about it in this podcast. We all like Dustin Crum. He's a very good quarterback. I'm not. I know he might struggle against this great Iowa D, but Iowa's offense has not broken out this season, really. Kent State they played Texas A&M tough for a half, and I could see something similar where then Iowa opens it up late. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tulsa at Ohio State. Uh, of course, we know Ohio State's coming off of a loss. Um, and, you know, Oregon. Well, they look good in that game. They didn't look good the game before when they barely beat Fresno State. Um, so I just feel like Tulsa, with their great defense, they might be able to kind of slow up the Ohio State offense a little bit. And Tulsa's going to be committed to running the ball. So I, I think they could shorten the game up a little bit. A couple of turnovers here and there, maybe. Uh, I could see them hanging around. Okay. I agree with Trey on, on Kent State, but I'll also just throw out um, Georgia Tech at Clemson. Uh, because Clemson's offense, I know... You have that game against George, and you're like, well, that's against maybe the best defense in the country, so we can kind of excuse it a little bit. But then against South Carolina State, 
Uyunglele's numbers were were not good. 7.1 yards per attempt, a touchdown and a pick. So, you know, if if it if the offense flounders a little bit and with Jordan How was he so good last year? How, I mean, I know they had some some maybe a little bit Well, you had better, Trevor Lawrence and Tra- Travis Etienne. No, but he did, but Lawrence wasn't playing when he was there. Oh, no, you I mean, mean I when mean, like, Uyung, I see I see what you're saying. Yeah, like the two games Uyunglele played, he was awesome. I know. Like, I guess they're missing I mean like Amari Rodgers, the ability to just ha- a guy that gets open. It can't be that different. I don't know. Well, the offensive Justin line Ross. is having some issues this year. Um, and and listen, it'll look better throughout the year. Like, I don't think it's just... Yeah, you know, he'll get better. But it's just surprising that against South Carolina State, he was not just dominating. You know, I, dominating. I am in agreement. I did not expect this. Um, yeah. And for Georgia Tech, I know, of course, they lost Jeff Sims a couple weeks ago. But Jordan Yates might be an upgrade there. So maybe there's a chance. So we're not going with Nebraska. Now, I mean, it should be mentioned that it is the 50-year anniversary of the game of the century. That's kind of one of the big reasons they're playing it. Most of the listeners hey, don't even realize Tulane it's a almost historic won. rivalry, but we're not too confident. If, t- if Tulane can almost win, like you say, Ryan, then you never know. Possible. It, yeah. All right. Let's uh, get to some honorable mentions. Okay. I'm going to lead us off. We've got Central Florida minus seven at Louisville. This is on Friday night. I'm going to give Louisville another chance. Ole Miss was a very tough draw in game one. Now they're home. I could see Malik Cunningham, Jalen Mitchell stacking some good drives drives together. I don't know if they can stop UCF much, but I see a higher scoring game. I'll take the seven points at home. Michigan State goes to Miami. The Canes are a six and a half point favorite. Really having trouble getting a read on Miami so far. Thought they would have had a better showing last week against App State. They only won in a nail biter. I'm going to ride with the new-look Mel Tucker Sparty team. They've been impressive through a couple games. I know competition hasn't been overly stiff, but at least the offense is showing much more of a pulse than it was a year ago. Kenneth Walker looks like a stud running running back. Uh, defense is good enough. I think they can keep it under a touchdown. We got Nevada, minus two at Kansas State. Tough one to read since, like I mentioned before, Skylar Thompson is out with an injury. Falls on Will Howard's shoulders. He didn't look good last year. Maybe he'll be better in year two. Um, but I just want to see it first. So I'm going to take Nevada. They got a proven offense. Carson Strong throwing it to Romeo Dubs. And uh, I like the Wolfpack. And then finally, Tulane at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored 14. I'm going to lay the points with Ole Miss. Which, like we just mentioned, I know Tulane gave Oklahoma a game a couple weeks ago. But it was a 23-point game at half. And Oklahoma kind of took their foot off the gas. I like Tulane's quarterback, Michael Pratt, but he's not going to be able to match Matt Corral's offense. I think Lane's boys ride into the SEC with a comfortable win. All right. I got Utah minus eight at San Diego State. I like what Brady Hoke is doing here in San Diego. Maybe I should go to that game. I I never really thought about that. I probably won't. Uh, But good running game for SDSU with Greg Bell. Great defense. They're kind of like the mini Utah. So I think uh, they can cover in a very low scoring game. USC minus eight and a half at Washington State. Uh, I'll just do another 15 minutes here on the USC coaching search. Uh, yeah. No, the story here, though, is the coaches. Of course, Clay Helton fired. So uh, Dante Williams taken over. As for Nick Rolovich, his team, of course, lost at home to Utah State to start the season. And on top of that, the biggest news out of Pullman right now is that the, uh, the deadline for uh, Rolovich to get the vaccine is coming up. And all the reporters have been asking about it. And he's saying, you know, uh, he's not saying, I guess, whether or not he'll get the vaccine. So that's sort of a story to watch for uh, in the coming weeks. But on the field, I struggle to lay that many points with USC against a, a competent team. So give me Wazoo 
Mississippi State minus three and a half at Memphis. Nice win for the Bulldogs over NC State, but I like Memphis to cover here. Their true freshman quarterback, Seth Hennigan, has been playing pretty well, and he's got one of the better receiving duos in the country, uh, Calvin Austin and then Sean Dykes at tight end. So give me Memphis plus three and a half. And finally, Virginia Tech at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia's favored three. And the Hokies lost their star tight end, James Mitchell, for the season last week. So that is a big loss. But I still like the Hokies here. I think they're the better team. They beat North Carolina. And West Virginia, of course, I'm not really thrilled about their offense and and Jarrett Dagey. And the defense, to me, is still has some question marks with all the pieces they lost. So I'm going to make Virginia Tech my lock of the week. Oh, surprise, surprise. Oh, oh, back on, right. back You're on the bandwagon. First. You're back on the bandwagon. There you go. <laughs> Hokies number one. All right, Minnesota at Colorado. The Buffs are favored two. Um, I'm going to give the points here with Colorado. I was really impressed with their defense against Texas A&M. Um, so I think they're going to hold up well against that physical Minnesota offensive line. And yes, Colorado's offense hasn't necessarily looked great, but uh, Minnesota's defense might be a nice cure for that. Minnesota's defense isn't exactly as stellar, so I think the Buffs will be able to move the ball. Give me the Buffs. Um, next game. Virginia at North Carolina. Uh, the Tar Heels are favored in nine. I'm going Virginia here. Bronco Menadol has done a good job with this team. They destroyed Illinois last week. Brendan Armstrong has looked good at quarterback, making some good plays, a uh, good dual threat guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go win this straight up. Um, so I'm going to make Virginia my lock of the week. And my next game, I got Fresno State is uh, going to down the freeway to UCLA. Uh, the Bruins are favored 11 and a half. I'm going to take the points here with Fresno. The Bulldogs are a tough team this year. Um, obviously, they almost won at Oregon, uh, dominated their two other games against lower opponents, but still. Jake Hayner, good senior quarterback. He won't be phased going to UCLA. And I really like Kalen DeBoer, the head coach of Fresno. I think he's done a good job there, so give me the Bulldogs. And my last game is Western Michigan at Pitt. Uh, the Panthers are favored 15. I'm going to take those points with uh, Western Michigan. I think their offense with Caleb Ellaby at quarterback will be able to move the ball pretty consistently against a pit defense that at times struggled with Tennessee's offense um, last week. So I think I'm pretty confident Western Michigan can keep it within a couple couple touchdowns. So I'm taking the Broncos. All righty. And uh, by the way, I will not be going to that game because if it's being played in Carson, yeah, no crap. of course, San Diego State. Yeah. Oh, I just up the freeway. Yeah, Ryan, just it's closer to you. Though. I, yeah, it's fairly close. Yeah. But I'm not going. Okay. Well... Let's uh, finish this episode up with the questionable finish. Two major nerd matchups this weekend. We've got Northwestern at Duke and Stanford at Vanderbilt. What's the nerdiest thing you do? Uh, I host a podcast with my two brothers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Wow. Nice. Wow. Uh, Nerdiest thing I do is watch Lego Masters. That's pretty nerdy. Very good show. Rutgers Todd. Already mentioned on the episode, he watches that as well before well, he goes to bed at 8 p.m. Rutgers Todd today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I keep spreadsheets for a lot of things, uh, whether it's my budget, different bets I make, movements. Uh, different lists. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, itineraries when I go on trips. I, I'm a spreadsheet guy. Nice. Uh, all right. USC's kicker got called for targeting on the first play of the game against Stanford, something I am pretty sure I have never seen. Uh, what's a football event that's never happened that you would love to see? I want to see, this is a little ridiculous, but I want to see a mascot make a play. Like, 
he literally like he like runs on the field as it's hike and, and catches a Ooh. touchdown pass like <laughs> just take the unsportsman like yeah. you know, like could you imagine like you got puddles the duck or, or brutus <laughs> or whoever just, just like catches a touchdown just like lays somebody out something like that <laughs> or that the western kentucky guy just eating the ball just catch that's, Ooh, I like that's that. right big red yeah. uh the Rutgers Todd took a picture with Big Red last weekend. Another Rutgers Todd. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So my answer here, this is not on the field, but I've always wanted to just see, and maybe it's happened a long time ago that I'm not aware of, but an elite coach like a Nick Saban, just go take the Vanderbilt job while he's at the top oh, of his yeah. game. Or Lincoln oh, yeah, Riley yeah. go to UNLV, something like that, just to see what would happen. I, that'd be I so like awesome. That. That's a good call. Yep. Um, I want to see a lineman win the Heisman, offensive or defense. I don't care, but we've never had it. Uh, we've only had one defensive player, and he, you know, he did Charles Woodson who returned punts, but that's it. There were a couple like ends they called them way back in the day, like, t- but they were like tight ends, so that they were kind of using that form. So, no lineman. All right, let's uh, get to our upset specials. We have to pick a seven-plus point underdog every week to win outright. And I'm going with Central Michigan to win at LSU as a 20-point dog. Oh, shnikes. Yeah, my first big upset special hit on this podcast was when Troy won at LSU. Was that 2017? Something like that. Maybe it was later than that, but I don't know. Um, But either way, LSU, I mean, they they didn't get blown out by, by UCLA, but lost comfortably against UCLA. They did not play well against McNeese, and we just saw, you know, Central Michigan compete pretty well at Missouri. Eddie O's son threw a touchdown pass against him. What's that? Eddie O's son threw a touchdown pass against yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. That was a crazy story there. But yeah, give me the fighting Jim McElwains. The Chippewas. All right. I'm going to go with San Diego State. Uh, they're going. They're getting eight against Utah or so. Uh, it's the game that neither of my brothers are apparently going to. Uh, the the Utes, though, they're coming off that letdown, losing the Holy War for the first time in like a decade. I feel like it's a game that they would, they'll either win handily or lose straight up, and I'm banking on straight up. The Aztecs, they looked a little bit better against Arizona. A lot Defense better. could keep them in the game. Yeah, that offense looked, woke up versus uh, Arizona. Um, I like that one. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with, uh, I kind of already mentioned it, but I'm going to take Virginia. Uh, I think they're a tough team. I think they can kind of out physical maybe North Carolina a little bit. So give me Virginia over the Tar Heels. You're doubling like a nine down, right? Brent. Brennan Armstrong is. Looking good. Hey, can't doubt any lefties. All right. That'll do it for even me. You don't doubt me? I was talking about myself, really. But okay. Well, you're... you're. I doubt you. Quite you're often. ambidextrous, so... <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We need to climb that chart. When you search college football, I don't need to be number one, but like, you know, top five top, would be nice. Top five. Yeah, we're... Arguably a top five college football podcast. So if you haven't already, we'd really appreciate that. And we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.